0: now, here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor.
1: Hey, 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 we're headed to Texas today. But before we go to Texas, if you guys have been digging the Dharmic Evolution, please go over to DharmicEvolution.com, sign up for your favorite platform. And if it's Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, or Overcast, or Stitcher Radio, those are just four of the 21 platforms that we are presently on, and I'd appreciate it if you would sign up so every Friday morning, when the show is released, it comes right to your phone. Is that cool or what? So we've got a wild group of siblings, born and raised on the western tip of Texas. They've been making music together since childhood. Inspired by artists like the Beatles and Simon and Garfunkel, as well as soulful legends like Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash. They grew into an American style, strengthened by stellar harmonies, and infused with a signature vibe of indie honesty, such as that felt with the music of the Yvette Brothers' First Aid Kit and the Luminaires. I just had the most incredible, wonderful time with these uh, four out of the five musicians in the band, you better strap up your seatbelts because we're taking a ride today on the Dharmic Evolution from the Music City all the way to Texas with, you gotta guess it, come on, I'm waiting, it's the Ivies. Who are we looking at here? I gotta get everybody's names. Well, you got me. Okay, got that. Arlen, I'm, who else? <laughs> uh, I'm Jessica. Jessica, how are you? Who else?
2: I'm doing well, thank you. I'm Jenna.
1: Jenna. Okay,
3: and I'm Galen.
1: Galen, is it J- G-A-L-E-N? Mm-hmm. And Yes, sir. Uh, okay, uh, Galen and Jessica, and who did I miss? Who's the other young lady? Jenna. Jenna, okay, cool. Great that you guys, so who are we missing today? We are missing Hugo, Hugo, our can, lead guitar player, can, and banjo player as well. Mm-hmm. Can we get a, a, a message out to him that I'm very, very disappointed in Hugo that he didn't show up? <laughs> well,
2: we'll let him know. We'll let him know. <laughs> he, <laughs>
1: we're telling him he should have skipped
4: a class or two. You yeah, know?
1: <laughs> he should have, really. So, uh, you know, welcome, you guys, the Ivies, to the Dharmic Evolution. Such a pleasure to have you guys um, on the show. And uh, I got so many questions because I am from a big family. I'm one of seven. So uh, I kind of know about the growing up thing and mm-hmm. big family and how you fight over it, you know, to get enough food and everything and you do anything <laughs> possible, you know, to be not the, the little ugly duckling that gets thrown out of the nest because he's too uh, immune to. Uh, <laughs> to so uh, so tell me, how did it start a family operation? And you guys have been together for 10 years doing this. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, we have. Wow. Yeah. It's it's really, um, I, I mean, I don't know how you do it, especially being a family and being a band. Now, families, we know about um, families who have a tough time getting along and fighting and all that. But uh, bands have the same thing. You know, the longevity <laughs> oh, of yeah. a band is like... You know, it's the odds are stacked way against you that you're ever going to have survive to get to the success, you know, uh, that you can have with a recording career. That's
4: true. Very true. Um,
1: You know, by the way, I love what you guys are doing, and your sound is just killer. I really love the harmonies, and you guys can play, man. You just like have. Like your instrumentation is just, it just sits in the pocket so well-framed in these songs that you've sent me. Thank and you, uh, yeah, I was just Thanks. really delighted to listen to you guys. It was really great. So how did it kick off? Your, for, by the way, your mom and dad must have an incredible sense of humor because that video had me laughing my butt off. <laughs> this is folks, oh they will, do
4: they do i they have I, to have a sense of humor we're seven kids you know oh it's seven. <laughs> Oh,
1: okay so yeah, yeah, yeah so we're, we're the
2: same one yeah wow
1: us. so who were the outliers who didn't make it into the band did they just weren't able to cut <laughs> it or what <laughs> you know
4: some people would say they were more intelligent you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> took
4: different paths <laughs> wow but it's our older brother my older brother i'm the second of the seven uh my older brother shannon and he's in farming and okay. uh then our let's see who else oh our sister jillian uh, who's living up in washington state and she used to be in the band as well but she's uh she moved to washington state so
1: okay so but the five of you remain committed which is just you know, it's astounding that you guys are are still doing this, which is just great. And, and you should be because you're really, really good. You know, I've heard some families who try to get that thing going and, you know, either have the talent or you don't, you guys certainly have the talent. So, um, so how did it, how did it start? It was, was it your mom and dad that just said, Hey, why don't we do this? Or did you guys just kind of do it like organically it happened? How did it work out for you?
2: It kind of started off with uh, my dad, actually, we always grew up singing, and so he was the one having us try different vocal harmony lines and all that stuff, and then uh, I had always wanted to play the piano, so I wrote my younger sister and learning how to play the piano as well, and Arlen learned how to play the guitar, and we got Galen uh, drum lessons, and so from there, everything just kind of evolved into what we have today.
4: Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, I I, t- I paid for Gan's first drum lesson. He always I- likes Did to you? say this.
2: It's a big <laughs> deal for First him. one. <laughs> just the first. Just the, just the first one, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and after that, it was all up to you, right? <laughs>
3: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's wild. Um, so I I want I don't want to keep people in suspense too long. So I want to start with this first one, which uh, um, this is a really cool song. It's called You've Got Something. Here are the Ivies. Mm. something. And so backstory on that one. Anybody want to um, volunteer to give us an insight into this song and how it became a song? Well, <laughs> was it just that's a one jam? of those
4: songs. That, you know, when Jenna and I do most of the songwriting, that's one of the songs that I wrote by myself. And it's a song that started with uh, some lyrics and uh, a melody, really. And then I wanted to kind of give it some kind of drive behind it. And so I got Galen in there mm-hmm. and I was like, hey, what do you think? And I was, I was doing some different kind of uh, playing, a different pattern on my guitar, just kind of a different way of playing it. And Gaylon was like, no, let's keep it straightforward.
1: <laughs> yeah. And
4: he gave me that driving beat. And I was like, yeah, that kind of made it sound like what I was looking for. We The song idea was to try to keep it more like rock and roll. Yeah. And of course, when everybody else gets involved, Jessica has that cool piano part on there. I love that. And then Gain's drum beat, keeping it going. We had mm-hmm. some real good electric guitar work on there. And um, the whole song became what it is. I love how the tambourine is kind of prominent in that song, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Do you guys, um, you're, you're obviously all set up, like you got all your instruments together, and you guys are probably together a lot of the time. So um, is, it, uh, is it go into schedule for you guys as far as time to make a record? Or is it, do we get together like twice a week, three times a week? What's, what's the schedule for you know, keeping the creative flow going?
2: Generally, ahead of time, we'll pick out a day that we plan on going into the studio. And usually, uh, at where we record, we have to schedule pretty far out. Yeah. And so we have that goal in mind. And then we, you know, talk it talk it over and figure out how many songs we want to record, which songs we want to bring to the table. If there are new songs that we're working on that maybe we want to bring to the band and uh, put all together. But it's definitely something that we put a lot of time and effort into before we're going into the studio mm-hmm. both so, together and individually mm-hmm.
1: so who's the mastermind for making sure everybody stays on point who's like got it all together
2: right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> we all get on each other's yeah. case, arlen not you huh yeah balance. yeah
5: because that's but a tough know,
1: one you know for musicians that's really a difficult thing and i've uh you know, I've tried to share things that I've learned throughout my career about how to how to mitigate those kind of problems. But musicians are traditionally not the ones who are good at getting their game together. I mean, you know, people have to run after them to get you know Vice. to get them to do things. <laughs> you know, you guys know what I'm talking about because you've been out there mm-hmm. and worked with other musicians who. But the, but it's not everybody that that's it. It's that way for but. Um, you know, trying to give people tools, uh, just tip them off to say, hey, here's a scheduling software, here's this right. or that, or, or what, whatever your process is. I mean, I use a great big vision board along with notebooks everywhere, because I'm a songwriter as well as doing this. And so right. every day I go in front of my board and I have columns of things. And I put a ridiculous amount of work for me for the week, which I never yeah. <laughs> come close to, but but it feels good to tick it off, you know, one right. thing after another to get it done. But it sounds like you guys don't have much of a problem based on um, what I've heard uh, of your music. and. Um, you know, what is your recording process? Do you have a studio nearby? Do you guys have a home studio? How do you guys get your music produced and who's doing the producing?
4: We're really lucky. I mean, we got a studio within a couple of miles of where we live, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it's Sonic Ranch Studios right there in Torneo, Texas. It's a beautiful place. We can go in there. It's just, a, it's like a second home to us going in there and recording some music. We've gotten to know all the guys there over the years we know the owner, And um, it's just, that's the place we love to go. The the engineer and the guy who co-produced our last uh, two projects um, is uh, Jerry Ordonez. And he's a fantastic engineer. The guy is very, very good at mixing our music. He mixed both of the the latest projects that we've done there, including all the singles, including uh, Once an Eagle and the other singles we're going to be releasing this year. And he's pretty much there all the time. I mean, I tease him and I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to go do this or that. He's like, yeah, I'm still at the studio. Yeah, I'm still at the studio. Every time I text him, he goes, say hi to the world for me. I'm at the studio. <laughs>
2: but, it, but it is very, very nice to just get to pretty much roll out of bed and, okay, it's time to go record. You know, especially where we live. We live about 45 minutes to an hour away from the city. And so it's so nice that originally we were thinking, we're going to have to drive a whole hour just to get to the studio. And this way, it's like, get to wake up and go record. Yeah.
1: Isn't that fun being in that environment? It's like being in like this cool submarine, you know? Oh, yeah. It's (laughs) like, and and you just, you know, for me, it's like, it's always been like when you go in, it just seems like like eight hours will go by and you feel like you've been there for two hours. It's just like, is, That's this, right. is this, are we done already? Are you kidding? <laughs> I don't want right. to leave.
4: <laughs> That's why on the planning side, we plan everything out. So Meticulous. to the best of our ability, we plan everything out meticulously. Of course we're working with a few other musicians. We have some friends of ours who are fantastic musicians. who we always invite to join us for a particular song. Yeah. And then it's like, hey, so-and-so was supposed to be here at 4 p.m. and it's 6 o'clock. Do you think they're going to make it today? (laughs) But you got to have other backup plans. It's like Dusk was saying, the planning of everything is so important. Even the songs that we go into the studio with, we've usually played them live for quite a long time. We figure out our favorite songs we've written, and then we start playing it live to kind of get an audience response from a song because we might really love a song. And the audience might just not give us any feedback on that song. And maybe it's something that we realize. well, maybe that song, we love it for some reason, but it needs a little more work. And that song might go to the back burner and we might, we're going to focus on the songs that people were drawn in by, mm-hmm.
1: you know? Isn't that something how an audience, like, tells you everything without saying a word, you know, that you just- Absolutely. Like, you can sense the vibe in the air, like, you know, this one didn't go over like we thought it, would. it was going to go over. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you get the surprises, like, what? They really love that. What <laughs> happened? What did we do? You know? Uh-huh. How do we so replicate true. that, you know? <laughs> so let's do another one. Um, folks, this is called Running Wild.
5: is easier with you i have never understand how all my dreams came true before I knew you I was just all right but I don't know how I made it through the days and nights different place i see it like a child my heart is like a fire running wild the world's a different place i see it like a child my heart is like
1: Wild. Oh, So you guys have a video on Running Wild, huh? Is it? Is yes, it? Yes, another You guys tend to. I can tell you love comedy. All you guys.
5: Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, I do. <laughs>
1: this was a
4: Galen Ivy project. Mm-hmm. You know, he's right. our film major.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And,
4: awesome. Uh, he he di- yeah. he uh, directed that film.
3: Yeah, I graduated um, just last December, and Running Wild was one of the first music videos that I was really able to do. And it's such a fun song that I wanted to do something really out of the ordinary for us. And so I wanted to create a really big, fun video to go along with the song and to really create this impact with Mm -hmm. people who watched it. And so to say we look radically different in the video as compared to right now is definitely an understatement. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and that's that's in running wild galen yes sir <laughs> did you also do um once in eagle did you do the editing for that one
3: i did practically everything for that yeah. one actually it was jenna and i who had written it and then co-directed and then from there i did all of the post-production
1: nice work jenna
3: Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs>
1: awesome. Yeah, that was really really well done. I mean, all the Thank timing you. moves, I mean, listen, I've worked on Final Cut for a long time and I know the work that went into that when I saw it. I said, "Wow, but you guys <laughs> like everything, the the attention to detail was like the lip-syncing, um, you know, all the all the subtle like little funny like moves that you were doing, everything, <laughs> and the, and the way you edited it together was really, really great. Really enjoyed Thank that. You. That was killing What
4: I didn't like was he made me shave my beard for that. For oh, that really?
1: <laughs> that's tough. Hey, man, Texas beards are very very serious, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Don't mess it's with my Texas sensitive. beard. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. <laughs>
3: Believe you me, I I heard about it for a straight month before that video about how he wasn't going to shave the beard, and I just kind of kept picking away at it, and eventually. We got to a point where I was like, Arlen, it's for the good of the prod. But he made me
4: shave it during the video. Uh-huh. I, it's like, he did a there's a little break in there. I guess it's like what three or four seconds where mm-hmm. it's like I have a full beard and then pff, I'm clean. Yes, shaved.
1: that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, so let's talk about uh, the democracy of siblings in a band. How does it work with you guys when you're, um, you know, when you've got something targeted and there's, is there major disagreements that you have to work out? Um, are you like Van Halen, like f- fighting all the time? <laughs> or like, oh. like, yeah, how does, how does it work with you guys? Like, how do you get conflict resolved?
2: I would say what we try to do is we try to because at the end of the day, you have to focus on the fact that you're both trying to get to a goal and you both want to do what is best for the band. Mm-hmm. And so right. that's, I think, what we really try and focus on. Not going to say that there aren't fights that happen, okay. right? but it's what we try and remember that it's not one person against the other. Mm-hmm. It's about having different ideas and coming together together. For the best option possible. Yeah. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like you guys are all about, you know, what is the song telling us to do? You yes. know, and whatever mm-hmm. that process is, we have to work through it, you know.
2: Trying, trying to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and we, and yeah. yeah. It's a goal. It's a goal. Yeah.
4: And we want to make this, we want to make it work. We we enjoy playing music together more than we do with uh going out on our own or doing anything like that. That's why we're still a group. Yeah. And it's also like we've talked about before. I mean, with who we are as a family, if we, if one of us walks away, I mean, that's that. I mean, yeah. other bands who can do that with amongst friends or strangers or acquaintances is like, bye man, I'll see you later. But us, I'm like, I still have to go to Thanksgiving dinner yeah. Yeah. So I have to have Christmas. And, and then it hurts. You know, it's like, we want to, we want to make Knowing it work. Knowing
6: that we're always going to be family. We're always going to have each other. Yeah. So that also makes it easier because this, this is a passion project and we're all working together for the good of it and trying to convey something and capture a bit of magic with that. So with that focus, it helps because you always get back to that. And disagreements have to be resolved because you want to continue moving forward and you love each other. So you want it to be a most positive of the time. environment. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <of>
1: <laughs> yeah, also, you guys are very good at what you do. And it's not like, um, you know. so you have that going that you have a specific, a very, very unique and and wonderful sound, and that's all because of all of your different voices and all your different uh, input that come into it. The way you, the way you play your instruments and the way you all, um, you know, uh, collaborate either, you know, either collectively or even individually, whether you're writing or arranging or whatever, um, you can't, you can't. You know, if you you walk away from that, you'll never replicate it with someone else the same way. That's how we feel too, James. You know, it's like
4: the videos that Galen's done. I mean, I let him have full control. I did it as if we hired a director. That's, I have that much respect for Galen. Yeah. And for Jenna's ideas too, the way that they put these films, these small films, these music videos are basically a small film. A lot of hours go into filming them. And I was just like, I'll do whatever you guys want. And they go, go change shirts again. I'm like, okay, go change shirts again. Okay. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, whatever they told me to do, I did while we were filming. So
1: Jenna, are you the youngest in the family? Yes, sir. Okay, so how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm
6: 23. Okay, so
1: 24. 23. So are you guys all like two years apart, kind of that that whole thing? That's, kind, exactly.
4: of, that's kind of what my parents went for, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <So. laughs>
1: yeah. I'm the same thing. Yeah. Everybody's a year and a half, like right down the line, all seven. Wow. Um, so when you looking as the youngest, um, is is it, do you kind of wake up some days and go, how did this happen? How how did we end up in a, because in a, you were very young. I mean, you were what, you were 13 when you first went out and started playing with um your brothers and sisters on stage so or i joined you... the
6: band when i was a bit older okay um but i was always just kind of there i always talked to my brother about songs before I. she would... was
4: helping me write songs even before she was uh um, yeah before i was a, a member
6: of the band yeah. right. so i yeah i've always kind of been there and been involved in the creative process but i joined a little bit later so i think i was I think it was back in 2017, probably 20, yeah,
4: 2016, 2017,
6: 2016 when yeah. I officially joined. But um, I think I always look back and wonder how I got to where I am and how we all got to where we are and appreciate that journey. Cause so it's very interesting. And it's so, it's such a hard thing to capture in words, but even with me, I went to school and I graduated just this last semester during the COVID semester. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, I'm so I, sorry. I graduated yeah. with a degree in theater arts and I ended up finding a love for acting. And so uh-huh. through that, you open up all these other doors and your eyes are constantly being opened to the beauty of music and connection through all these different mediums. So
1: Yeah. How about you, Jessica? How did it go for you?
2: For me, it was basically Arlen saying, hey, I need a piano player. Oh, and and, and I need a singer to sing with me. I was like, okay. And this was after his hard rock heavy metal days, mind you, which I was like, I'm not going to participate in that. what he was doing at that time. No Metallica,
1: ACDC going on there at all. All Uh, of it. (laughs) Yeah, I did all.
2: Well, a lot of screaming going on. I was just like, yeah, not really my style. No offense, but not really my style. But after that, he was like, hey, so we're going to start. I was thinking about doing original music, and I need a piano player. It's like, oh, okay, fine. So it kind of just evolved from there into, at first we were doing a lot of cover songs together, and then he started bringing in original music, and it just kind of spiraled from there.
1: yeah. Great, great. How I about kept
4: her hooked ever since. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Good. Well.
1: Good. That's a thing to do. Um, what do you guys do for um, as far as songwriting for inspiration? Um, are there any like particular habits or techniques you use? Like, for instance, going for a walk, hitting hitting the woods. Um, you know, is there any specific place? Or, or um, procedures you guys do to get in the groove for songwriting, or do you just kind of say, I'll "Wait for the inspiration to hit me" and and do it that way?
4: You know, Jenna and I, like I said, we write a lot together, but yeah, it used, the songs usually start individually, and uh, I find for me that the songs can they can come from anywhere. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it does come from rehearsal or practice on my own like when I'm just practicing guitar, which anybody who loves their instrument practices. And when I'm practicing and doing different things, I get bored of doing the same old songs and I start doing something else and something might come from that. Maybe it's a little melody or a little riff that I have that later I can add lyrics to. Um, Jenna and I write a lot. I write a lot of lyrics. Down and I have these books full of like you were saying you, you have your books around right James so oh, yeah. I do the same thing I got books around and sometimes I get a cool little riff on a guitar and I go open my lyric book and I'm like that that fits mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. it comes all together you know um, and like you said sometimes it's taking a walk or or being with my family and they say something that becomes a song let you ask about you've got something you've got something was a phrase I heard somebody say. Um, some, it was at some party, some family get together and somebody was like, you've got something there. You know, it's like, I liked that phrase a lot. And I kind of was able to imagine a story out of that, you know? Yeah. And sometimes it comes from personal experience. I mean, there's a lot more lately. Uh, a lot of the songs have been written from very personal experience, things we've gone through heartache is a, is a main factor, but we don't want everything to always be down as Jen pointed out, <laughs> yes. pull it up sometimes, you know?
6: Yeah. yeah. I think. Um, the way I've always felt with songwriting is it, it it's hard to describe, but it feels almost like there's these bits of melodies, bits of lyrics, bits of a song just kind of floating around in the universe. And if I seek them, I will find them. But sometimes they make themselves more easily available to me and I can find them easier. Um, but that's the best way I can explain it, because I do. I, I've taken a lot of walks growing up. I used to take long walks on our farm and I would find other bits of songs and put them together. But it's really interesting because I know with me, I'll usually end up having all these voice memos on my phone. And then me one too, day yeah. I'll listen back and I realize, oh, that's all the same song. And I will I can form a complete song just based off of the clips I have or bits of poetry and random writing and random pieces. So I, like I think inspiration really does for me come from anywhere and oftentimes I won't even know exactly what the inspiration of a song is until it's kind of more complete and then I I recognize or I have an idea of something I want to say I like working I say macro to micro so I'll take some huge concept something that I think is interesting and then I'll bring it down to scale and apply it to an everyday um, an everyday event and then I write from there so that it's easier to explain
1: Beautiful. Love it. You know, um, we all kind of do the same things. It's like, I think we, um, one person that taught me this, I was at a music conference in LA. uh, This is years ago. And I don't remember who it was, but he's a very, very famous writer. He'd written like mega hits, like tons of hits. And he said he likes the eavesdrop. And I said, yeah, man, He (laughs) he really got into it how like he just would like you know, hang out, and and I started doing that about ten years ago. And um, you know, as a writer, you spend a lot of time. I, myself personally, I spend a lot of time alone. Um, so if I go out, like to get a sandwich somewhere, and I'll be just sitting there, and I always have my black notebook with me, my little tiny notebook, and it's just incredible. Sometimes people are in the in the heat of a conversation, and they're they're aggressively trying to explain something. And they just said the most magical elixir of words just flowed right. out of their mouth, and they don't even know it. And I'm like, "That was beautiful. Let me yeah. write that down." <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, you pick up little snippets, and you just keep, um, you know, it's like being a scientist. You're just con- constantly like weaving things together, and then you know, you use some of that to enhance the part of the story you, you've already been working on to say, "Yeah, right. I can fit all these pieces in like this." So. That's that's the beauty of of music. I think is it's so, um, you know, you can get all the schooling um, you want, and I think that's great. I think it's important to be educated about music in general. But the sky's the limit with creativity and how you can apply your own creative, you know, juices to the subject constantly and keep learning new ways to do it all the time. Right. You know, and, and it's you just, have
4: to, like Jenna said, you have to listen to the things that are happening. Jenna's written songs out of dreams. I've written songs out of dreams and Jenna and I have been able to get on a path sometimes where I bring her something and she goes, no way. And I go, what? And she goes, I go, look, I'm missing a second verse. She goes, I have something that'll work. I mean, literally I, I play it and she sings something that she already had and it fits together.
1: Wow. And so that's kind yeah. of
4: something magical that can happen with songwriters that are connected. Especially the if they're working together a lot. It's a yeah. lot of work, too. It is know, a
1: but. lot of work. It is a lot of work. Hey, let's play uh, Colors of Honey. People strap up and listen to this one. Here we go.
5: Crystaline orbs on the sea. dance on the edge of believing whispering that dreams are better dead tell me a story about when you were young sing to me a song of nostalgia's bitter sun paint me a picture with your words Colors are the colours of money, the colours of honey The colours of honey and the feathers of the birds that flew outside your window in the summer's morning light You could hear the voices singing until winter brought the night
1: was one of yours yes sir very very nice very beautiful what a song uh colors of honey can you share conceptually Mm -hmm. like what's this all about
6: so this is a good example of what I, i mentioned about kind of working from the macro to the micro okay and i i oftentimes what you're talking about with eavesdropping or listening into people i i tend to be that person in a group that waits a bit before speaking
1: I've noticed Um, that
6: I enjoy listening to. Yeah. I enjoy listening to the streams of conversation and I, I overthink a lot. I overthink a lot. So I'll just constantly be bouncing around different ideas in my head. And with this, I think the basis for it was, um, surrounding people's struggles and experiences and how you really can't see them, but you should know that they're there when talking to them and when having discussions. And I, am very passionate about mental health myself And so I think with this, I was kind of trying to, to spread the message of sounds a little cheesy, but of love and of connection and the importance of allowing yourself to, to not only see others and their journeys and what got them to where they are, but to see your own and reflect back on it, not with just complete grieving but with just an acceptance of this is what made me who I am, this entire journey, all the good, all the bad is how I got to where I am today. And so I kind of was trying to make it almost like a lullaby in that sense. And it started from a poem actually, and I could never finish it. And I kept wondering why I was like, I don't know why I can't finish this. And it was just sitting there and then one day something clicked and I was like, oh, it's a song. Okay. Silly me. No wonder I couldn't finish it. And that's when a melody just kind of fit into it. And then I brought it to Arlen and we we worked on structure to make it more complete. And that's how, that's yeah, how it came she, about.
4: She sang it to me the first time. She had a notebook full of so many poems and songs and she sang this. And I said to her, she, she was skipping. She sang that and then she sang another song and she sang it up. I said, Jenna, let's go back to colors of that song, Colors of Honey. She went back to that, sang it for me again. I was like, we need to record that song. Yeah. You know, I loved it that much.
1: Very like, obvious, right? Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Great song. Thank you. Um, Galen, tell me about the road. What's What's up with your experiences on the road? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Do you do, you do both? Is it hard to get um, good food? <laughs>
2: you can be honest,
3: Galen. Well, <laughs> it was really a very strong mixture of both. Um the first time I went on the road full time with the band was last summer when we did, I'd say it was about a month or a six week long tour all across the local region. So all across Texas into Oklahoma and Colorado and New Mexico a little bit. And I had just come from one of my toughest college semesters ever. I was getting like literally about the last month, I'd say I was getting probably about an hour or two of sleep every night. And then we finished the college semester and I helped shoot a short film with some fellow students and then we went on the road. And so I was just exhausted, I'd say the first probably (laughs) week or two weeks. And I love travel, absolutely adore traveling. And it's really neat to get to see so much of the state, And to get to see all of these neat little towns that we got to drive through and we got to visit and things like that. And the thing I loved most about it, of course, was getting to be on the road with with my siblings, you know, and and that's really neat because we're at such a level of comfort with each other that I feel like I wouldn't have that same level of comfort and and enjoyment of touring with others. And it, it was just really amazing for me getting to share our music with so many people. So there were a lot of late nights and a lot of early mornings. And I have to say, I'm, I definitely need my sleep. So that's what was really tough about it. But yeah, you know, the energy that we get from getting to share our music with these people and, being at a show and just having one person come up to you and say, oh my God, I'm I'm so glad that you guys are here in our town for the first time. And I can't believe I've never heard of you guys that song, whether it's Colors of Honey or Once an Eagle or any other song of ours, you know, having them tell you how impactful that song is to them and how, it, how it's changed their perception. Perception on on certain things in life is is really amazing to hear as an artist, and so really it was just those moments that absolutely made up for any lack of sleep. And, and <laughs> lack you notice how sleep, many times he says sleep. "lack of sleep." Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, he and I we we need our sleep. It's
1: musician yeah. life, right? It's
2: like are you still catching
1: up right now? Are you still catching up? It took you. I a, still your, feel
3: like we are. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I can I can relate to um, it. Just takes that one compliment where you feel mm-hmm. like you really reach somebody who's, and it might be somebody who was like having like a very very difficult period of time in their life when mm-hmm. they needed you the most, you know, and they and they feel so inspired and feel mm-hmm. so grateful, yeah. you know, and makes it all worth it, doesn't it? Just like it does. So, Arlen, you're the you're the road manager. Or are you the guy who's uh, cracking a whip, making sure everybody's? Uh, Got their act together. Well,
4: you know, to get us out there on the road, I do. I try to my best to do to get a good schedule. Yeah. Um, once we're out on the road, we all kind of just keep the schedule. I mean, we kind of like you said, it, we run everything. The, the the artistic side is the artistic side. Yeah. The business side of uh, of what we have to do as an independent band. You have to you have to do the business side. You have to follow up with the phone calls, the emails. And be back and forth. I mean, the booking agents that we work with, we work with a bunch of different people. I'm the guy that they talk to, yeah. and to try to get the schedule lined up, it doesn't always work. You know, we yeah, might do right. a show in Houston and then have to backtrack to San Antonio, then back to Houston the next day. You know? Yeah, yeah. Which is, you're missing out on four and a half hours either way. You know, but those yeah. kind of things happen when you're working out schedules. Mm-hmm. So we try the best we can. There were a couple of times on the road when Game would look at me and go, "Really? Really? Now yeah. we have to drive there, but then we have to come <laughs> back there tomorrow."
5: And exhausting, that would
4: happen, you
3: know? <laughs> yeah, to say there was one time when we were playing a show in, I believe it was in Lubbock, Texas. And then the very next day, we had to be all the way about an hour outside of Denver, Colorado.
2: And...
3: <laughs> I had no, I I will be honest with you too. I had no idea what was going on the entire time we were on the road. I was just (laughs) trying to take it a day at a time, just trying to work it out, try not to get depressed about lack of sleep. And so we finish up the show in Lubbock and I ask Arlen, I say, okay, so where are we going next? And I'm expecting, you know, San Antonio or El Paso or someplace close by. And then he says, Denver. I was like, <laughs> okay, Arlen, stop joking. He's like, no, I'm serious. Like, I booked us a show in Denver, and I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, but it's, it's just, only 12 hours. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's just that general craziness,
4: you know.
1: Yeah, you well, can't in our get our
4: region a- of the country. It's there's the, everything so far apart. It's yeah. Texas, you know. Texas right. is huge. Texas, New Mexico, Colorado, Oklahoma. Those are the areas we try to hit the most, and. and everything's spread out uh, quite a bit. I mean, if you're down in San Antonio and you're in Austin and Dallas, everything's pretty close, but once you get further out West, it's lots of travel.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it is tough and it's hard to to get good rest on the road, you know? It's like, you know, no matter what happens, it's like, am I gonna get a decent bed tonight? And it's, you know, it's always a toss of the dice as to whether you're gonna be Uh comfortable or not, you know, or get a decent meal on top of that. So um, I think it's time for the video, and uh, folks, get ready for this one. This is going to be on the podcast. You obviously will just hear the music, which is a great song. I love this song. It's called um, Once an Eagle, and the video, for you YouTubers who are going to check this out when we do that, um, just enjoy this. Here we go. Once an eagle had no wings,
4: found a magic cup, and now it flies.
0: Wherever it wants to go
5: Keeps its eyes upon the people as they live their
0: little lives Sees an eagle flying without wings.
5: Something changes him inside as he learns what it's like to be free. To be free.
1: I love the riff at the end of that. It's so cool. So uh, it's got kind of a, a bluegrass feel, like right away. But it, it's it's even more than that. It's got um, it's just got wonderful harmonies. And let me ask you guys. Um, I'll ask Jessica this question. When was the first time that you you must have had the epiphany to say, "Wow, what what did I just hear?" What, like the combination of not only the playing but the voices and how they um, they accentuated one another and that blend, all of a sudden it's like, hey, we are the Ivies, where there's there's a certain moment in time, was it a gig, was it at a recording session, or were you at home where you you just happened to say, like it hit you in the face and said, wow, we have a sound?
2: I would say for me personally, it was when we were recording our Colors of Honey album. And uh, actually Colors of Honey specifically. Yeah. And it was the first time that uh, Galen had gotten to lay down drums for us mm-hmm. on an on a record, and just hearing Galen lay down the drums, and then just the layers upon layers getting put down—the piano, the guitars, the vocals—and then hearing it all put together—and just of course, also you're in a recording studio, so just the sound is enveloping you and it's surrounding you. Yeah. And it was right then that I was just like, okay, wow. And it, for me, it was a huge, it was very different to bringing, once Galen and Jenna officially became part of the band, I think it brought the sound to where it needed to be. Yeah. Completed it, if that makes sense. Yeah,
1: for sure. Tell me about um, the instrumentation now. I know Galen, you're on drums and uh, Arlen, you're on guitar, Jesse, you're on piano. Yes. And Jenna, what do you want? I just sing. Okay, you sing, <laughs> and then who else? Who else is playing instruments? Is Hugo um, playing something? Something?
6: Yeah, he plays lead guitar. Oh, and okay, okay. Banjo.
1: Oh, and yeah. banjo. That's right. You said at at the outset. Okay, so that's the whole the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. That's great. That is just great. Um, do you do any? Um, have any? Um, you know, cameo appearances from friends that ever come on stage with you guys or, a comp, you know, somebody who shows up and you want to invite them on stage. Has that ever happened? You know, mainly it happens in the studio. Yeah. Like, oh, okay.
4: Everybody's so busy. Most of our musician friends, especially when everybody was playing a lot more live gigs and now everybody's doing uh, more live streams and everything else. Everybody's just still super busy. Yeah. And so because of that, though, back when we were doing live shows, we did our live show. They were doing a show that same night. They go, hey, Ivys, if you show up, can you sing backup for from... me? We'll try to get to your gig, man. But, yeah. you know, we couldn't get to each other's gigs. Everybody's playing all over the place. Yeah, But uh, friends of ours from Las Cruces, one of them's a great harmonica player, and he's joined us on some records. A good buddy of mine from El Paso, Adrian Esparza, he's played guitar uh, with us on almost every record since – I guess, since the Christmas album back mm-hmm. in 2000. When was that? 2012. So, you know, we've got some good friends who join us. Leslie Johnson plays bass for us on our recordings. He's played bass with us live a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Wonderful guy and a, a fantastic musician. I mean, I, I tease him. I'm like, my gosh, you're a celebrity on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. He's got like so many followers on yeah. there. The guy, but the guy's just really good, professional and a sweet guy. you know? Yeah. And so we're blessed. We're blessed with the people that we know. A guy from uh, El Paso Symphony Orchestra. Um, who He's a friend of mine, Michael Way. And he'll come record a uh, cello on some some of the cello that you hear, like on that Colors of Honey album. Right. I think there's three tracks, right, that have cello?
1: Two nice. or three. Nice. Beautiful and, instrument. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's amazing. And
4: Emily <coughs> Buher, she's a girl that we met, uh, a young lady that we met at Sonic Ranch Studios. Um, she's a wonderful girl. She also plays cello. When Michael can't make it, she records cello for us and... And she's fantastic as well. So we're lucky. We're lucky with the people that we know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, Jessica
4: won't let anybody else play piano pretty much, but. Right. <laughs> it is
1: what is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, final thought. I want to ask you guys about your mom and dad. Um, they must be very, very proud of you guys and the contributions to the, the musical family that you have made and put out there into the ether for all of us to enjoy. So, um, as they watch this continu- continuing story, you know, develop and unfold, um, what are they thinking about these days? I mean, do they share their thoughts with you guys? You know, what do they, what do they say to you guys?
4: Uh-huh. You know, uh, the, what they hope, I think, uh, you know, my dad and I, we work together too. And, okay. uh, you know, when I'm not able to play music as much as I'd like, I'm, I'm out there helping on the farm great and my dad you know he really is a he's a old soul he really believes in the power of art which yeah. is why he's look i mean look at his kids who grew up on a farm playing music and and is writing screenplays and and acting and gan's uh film major you know and yeah and so he and my mom were very encouraging they encouraged us to read a lot growing up a lot less tv
1: yeah and a lot more you. reading Yeah.
4: You know, and uh, these days, my dad and my mom, they just want the best for our music Mm -hmm. that they think it's amazing, as I do, too, that we live in a world where we can do things like this, to do an interview with you here today, to do to do a podcast, to be able to release our music as singles, even in the middle of all this. I mean, had a lot of music recorded um, coming into this year that we were planning on pitching to different labels. And we had a few things lined up. But due to the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, everything fell apart. Yeah. But we still live in a time where we can still release our music and get it out to people. Yeah, Not only our fans, but our fans who are sharing it to other people who become our fans. And it's a way for us to share what we've created as a group, the Ivies, yeah. you know? So I think my, my dad's told me, he's like, anytime you need to do anything, he said, go do it. Anything that has to do with, with you as the Ivies, he said, I'm, I'm, They're proud of us and I. they've told us and I know it too. Yeah. I
2: would say they're definitely our biggest fans and biggest supporters. They think, they think that we can do no wrong. So (laughs) yeah,
1: I love that they've gotten that video with you guys. I think that is so special. (laughs) Hey, what kind of farm do you guys work? It's a pecan farm. Okay. Yeah. We're out here on the,
4: we're on the corner of West Texas. So we're able to, we have a, we have a pecan farm out
1: here. I love it. I mean, I was, uh, had the pleasure of uh, working a sort of a farm in New Jersey a couple years ago, you know, out on the backhoe and doing things like that. And oh working. yeah, I love physical labor. I don't get a chance to do it like like I used to as much. But
4: uh, <laughs> I'm the I same as you. Work, I like man. it. It helps me yeah. think too. And yeah. I I've come up with songs and ideas just by being out there working it's the on the best farm. Best
1: place to write. It really is. You know, you and nature and God, and it's all good. You know, absolutely yeah. true, James. Well, listen, yeah. we've we've come to the end. I hate to say it, but um um. Jenna, Jessica, Galen, um, Arlen, thank you so much for all of you guys uh, showing (laughs) up and being a part of the Dharmic Evolution. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, I just want to wish all of God's blessings on you, your music, your family, and especially your mom and dad. So uh, thank you for being here.
6: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. We really
4: appreciate it
1: had a really great time hanging with the Ivies today please go over to the ivysmusic.com and check out all of their music and their merchandise there also check the show notes for all the social links that are right in there for you to, to uh, take advantage of um, also go to the dharmic evolution facebook community page and post your content on there And uh, you'll get support from artists around the world. That's a wrap for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor. Until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials, I'll see you from the stage, but right now, remember to
0: always stay connected. I was connected. Everybody knew my name. Wise guys and movie stars. I don't like cocaine. I don't, I won't.